Welcome to the Excavation Safety Alliance podcast, where leaders in damage prevention sit down to tell stories, highlight new technology, and share their passion for safety. I'm Scott Landis, president of Infrastructure Resources, publishers of the DP Pro magazine and owners of the Excavation Safety Alliance membership site. This is part of our Excavation Safety Alliance Ask the Expert interview series. The goal of these interviews is to take, for you to take away some practical ideas you can use. Today, I'm here with Jim Prozac and Tony Jorgensen. Both Tony and Jim are attorneys who work extensively on utility damage cases. So they have a lot of great real world tips to pass on today. Talk about today's topics. I'd like both Jim and Tony to tell the audience a little bit about their backgrounds and why they're so passionate about damage prevention. So Tony, why don't we start off with you talking about your background. Thanks, Scott. Um, my name is Tony Jorgensen. I'm an attorney I'm here in uh, Oklahoma City. Um, I've been practicing since uh, 1996. Uh, Jim and I have been practicing almost exclusively um, doing damage recovery, damage prevention uh, type work for uh, a number of uh, utility owners, including telecom, gas, um, electric, who've also represented um, excavators and contractors from time to time. But it's been the, the bulk of, of, of my work for the last uh, uh, 20 plus years. I've had the good fortune of, uh, of spending most of that time working with, with Jim on, on his, with his clients and, in and, uh, coordinating with, with Jim on, a, on a lot of our, a lot of our joint work. Um, uh, I consider him, uh, most definitely my, my mentor. And, and I can tell you that, uh, you know, my passion for, um, damage prevention, damage recovery, um, all comes from 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 Jim. I mean, I think he is um, clearly a leader in the in the field, and and I'm just uh, uh, trying to carry the torch as as Jim uh, uh, tries to tries to scurry out the back door, so to speak. Well, well, Jim, I'm, I'm not sure how you add to that, but I know your background <laughs> is is a pretty varied and a really good fit for this. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your background? Well, I want to thank Tony for that compliment, first of all, Scott, uh, but uh, mentor simply means old. <laughs> I have been practicing law for uh, over 35 years at this point in my career. I have been uh, working on utility damage and right-of-way issues uh, since the late 1980s. In addition to uh, actually representing uh, utility owners and excavators in this arena, I have also uh, served on various uh, industry organizations and I'm currently the advisory director to the Oklahoma One Call Systems Incorporated, more commonly known as uh, Oki 811 or Call Oki. So I have been doing this and lecturing at industry forums and have had the good fortune to be able to participate in damage prevention activities for the better part of 30 years. Well, that's quite a background. No question you are very qualified to be uh, passing out some advice today. So today, 
Jim and Tony are going to provide us with some great insights into depositions and being a witness. Um, Jim, can you kick things off by explaining just exactly what a deposition is and, and how it's used? Yeah, a deposition is uh, part of what they call in a lawsuit discovery. This is where the other side gets to learn about your case and why you think you should win. And it's also their opportunity to impress upon you with why they think uh, they have uh, the better part of the case. Uh, you testify at a deposition under oath while you're sitting around a table and it's a somewhat more informal process, or at least it was prior to COVID-19 when we all sat around the table. Uh, we're either going to sit around the table or we're going to uh, talk via a video conference or a video chat circumstance. Uh, the key thing to remember about a deposition is while the setting is more informal, uh, it is in fact testimony under oath and it can be used at the trial of the action. In fact, many times if a witness is not in the area where a trial is going to take place, they may well videotape that deposition and they will play that deposition to a jury at trial. So uh, all of the things that you need to remember about testifying at a trial, which we'll also talk about, you need to remember when you're testifying in a deposition. And uh, what Tony and I will try and do here today with you is give you some uh, practical advice for how best to testify in a deposition or at a trial of a case. That's, that's great. So um, when you think about it, what would you say your top tips are for, um, you know, a successful deposition? Well, I, I would say, Scott, you know, um, depositions aren't, aren't much different than, than everything else that you encounter um, in, in life. Uh, the, you get out of it what you put into it. And um, the real key to, uh, I guess, if I had one top tip to give folks uh, when they're either uh, preparing to to give testimony or, um, you know, if there are other attorneys out there listening uh, to take um, depositions um, or, or prepare your, your witness for depositions, it's all about preparation. Um, the, you know, if your uh, witness is going to be testifying, um, uh, really, I, I think I speak for almost every attorney out there, the last thing you want to have during a deposition while your witness is testifying under oath is a surprise. Um, and so I, I would say, you know, top uh, tip for depositions is, is preparation. Um, you know, I just as a general matter, try to make sure that to the extent that um, there are documents that have been exchanged during discovery, typically the deposition process is um, kind of the tail end of the discovery period after there's been some period of um, exchange of, of written discovery and documents. But, you know, certainly I try to make sure that, you know, my witness, if, if, if that person's testifying, um, every piece of paper that has been um, exchanged during discovery, uh, that person has seen it. It won't be a surprise if that person sees it. Um, uh, or the, you know, the court reporter or the other attorney gives it to them during the deposition, asking questions about it. They will have seen it ahead of time. Uh, um, they will, you know, it, it's, and, and I think, you know, and, the, and then preparation, 
you know, one of the other tips I would give folks generally is to stay calm. I mean, it's it's an uncomfortable situation to be in. I mean, most of us are not um, um, uh, deposition givers or, or testifiers or witnesses, professional witnesses by trade. And so most people, when they're um, having their deposition taken, it's an uncomfortable process. It's a, um, uh, it will put you on edge for minutes or hours, depending on how long it is. But in, in the reason I said that dovetails is, is one of the ways that you stay calm, cool, and collected during a deposition is you put in the work ahead of time. You, you prepared, uh, you don't get caught off guard, hopefully, um, uh, so, so I would say the number one tip I would give is is, is to prepare um, somewhere a little bit further down the line is is, is to stay calm and and uh, um, I'm sure Jim's got a, a a few others as well. Yeah, Jim, can you add any uh, any tips you might have too? Yes. Uh, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Tony. Uh, one of the things that I always tell a witness when you're preparing to testify, either in a deposition or a trial, is simply to tell the truth. Nothing is going to get you in trouble faster than trying to make something up as you go. Uh, the attorney on the other side is going to have had the opportunity to prepare and to review everything that you're going to be looking at. Uh, one of the things that the uh, I tell witnesses to be particularly careful is the, what, what I like to call here in Oklahoma, the good old boy attorney. I'm just a good old boy. I really don't understand this stuff. Help me out. Tell me here. Uh, I guarantee you the attorney on the other side knows as much, if not more, about this case than you do, and you don't need to help him. Uh, so tell the truth. The other thing is only tell so much of the truth as you're asked. If the attorney on the other side asks you what time it is, you don't tell him how to set your watch uh, or how to make a clock. You answer his question and you look uh, to that question and only that question. One of, the, uh, one of the things that gets witnesses in trouble and makes a deposition go on and on and on and on is to add to the answer. To the extent that you can answer a question, yes or no, answer the question, yes or no. Uh, Early on in my career, I got into a deposition and I made the mistake of asking the witness, can you answer the question or can you give me your name? And her response was yes. And that was the perfect answer to that question. Uh, I didn't ask her what her name was. I said, can you tell me your name? One of the other things you need to be real careful about is uh, not to let your mouth outrun your fists. And what I mean by that is, Answer what you know. You get in trouble when you start to guess or you start to speculate because the other attorney has reviewed that file. And as soon as you start guessing and as soon as you start speculating, uh, he's going to come back and he's going to put you in a box with that. So tell the truth. Uh, keep your answers brief and to the point and only answer the question you're asked. Great stuff. Sure, I I would just um, I would just add to that um, you know in the in the context of, of only answering what you know a lot of folks when we prepare for depositions um, you know you'll get the question what, what what if I don't know the answer you know what if I don't remember 
Um, those are perfectly legitimate answers, if that's the truth. Um, I don't know, and I don't remember, and I'm not suggesting, you know, the people, you know, stick their head in the sand. I mean, really, if, if they're the truth, those are the answers. Um, um, you know, we'll have an opportunity if, if, if you're one of our witnesses, you know, to refresh your recollection through use of uh, documents and other evidence if, if we need to. But um, I don't know and I don't remember are perfectly good answers. A lot of people like Jim alluded to get themselves in trouble. And, and we find it a lot where, you know, people feel a little bit um, silly in deposition sometimes where they feel like they should know the answer to this question. And, and you know, the attorney on the other side of the table or, or camera, what have you, you know, is looking at them funny or, or, you know, a little incredulous about how could you not, how could you possibly not know this? You've been with this company for 25 years. It seems, you know, elementary. It, it is what it is. If you don't know or you don't remember, um, that's a perfectly good response. The, the one, there's one um, caveat or kind of a, a, a little bit of a snag. Um, it, uh, oftentimes in in, dep in depositions or, or in litigation, um, one or one or the other of the parties will request um, in in in, in uh, federal rules of civil procedure parlance, it's called a um, a Rule 30b6 deposition. It's essentially the um, uh, where the company or, or the the entity uh, that's a party um, designates someone to speak on its behalf. And hmm. in, in, in that case, in that kind of um, narrow cutout, um, the company has some obligation to prepare that witness who's testifying on its behalf to be able to answer the questions that, that, that they're going to be asked. And so although that person may not have had organic knowledge, saw, heard, whatever they're being asked about, um, they will be um, prepared with, with that knowledge, um, you know, via documents or interviews with other witnesses or so on, so that they can give testimony under oath on behalf of the non-natural entity. Hmm. Interesting. Well, um, that's all good stuff. And I, I'm thinking now, as you mentioned, uh, in this, especially in this uh, COVID era, um, what tips do you have when you do have to do remote depositions? One of the things that I suggest to a witness is that you uh, test your system ahead of time. So you can actually get through the deposition. Uh, if you are not going to be in the same room as your attorney, have your documents ready so that you can look at them. Uh, one of the things that attorneys will try and do during a deposition is ask you questions. And if you need to refer to a document, uh, there's no harm in asking the attorney to give you that document rather than guessing at what's in that document. One of the things that I think has become uh, much more uh, important for the purpose of a deposition uh, in the COVID days than there was before is Video depositions are all recorded. When you're in court, it's very, very easy to remember that the jury is there. When you're in a deposition, it's not that easy to do. So one of the things you wanna remember when you're in a 
deposition today in, in the COVID era when everything is being recorded is how you say something is important as what you say. Uh, when you're in a courtroom, jurors look at you, they assess your demeanor, uh, you know, how you respond to the questions, how quickly you respond to the question. If the lawyer asks you a question in a deposition and there's no video, all somebody has someday is a transcript. So nobody knows how you reacted. But if you're in a courtroom or you're in a video deposition uh, due to COVID these days, if the lawyer asks you a question and you take forever to answer it and you move away and you cross your arms and you say, yeah, that's right, you look like a moron. <laughs> and you give a very, very bad impression to a jury. So one of the things that you want to remember is uh, when you're testifying in a deposition, particularly in a deposition that's being recorded by video, that you address the camera the same way that you would address a jury at trial. Uh, one of the things you want to do is, and, and one of the things I do as a lawyer, is I am looking for the witness's demeanor. <clears throat> Does the witness have a hot button? Is there something I can do to aggravate this witness? Can I get him angry? Uh, juries, by and large, do not like witnesses who are disrespectful of the lawyers in the court. They don't like lawyers who are disrespectful of the witness in the court. So uh, what lawyers will try and do in depositions is try and get a witness to lose his temper. Uh, as a witness, the best way that you can keep control of a deposition is to take your time to listen carefully to the question and to answer the question civilly and levelly, as opposed to uh, losing your temper with the lawyer. You know, Scott, I would I'd echo all that. I would just also add, just as a as a practical matter for depositions via Zoom. Um, you know, everybody now is so familiar with 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 Zoom and and and. Um, similar platforms, but make sure your internet speed, um, you know, um, best case scenario, you're hardwired, but make sure your internet speed is um, um, probably at least two mega, uh, megabits per second uh, should be sufficient. Um, the, uh, you know, a couple of the other just practical matters like, like Jim um uh, mentioned, you have to be mindful of the transcript. You have to be mindful of of, of what people are seeing. Um, and you know, one of the beautiful things about um, you know now everybody's doing these depositions via Zoom. Um, uh, I and Jim spend a lot less, significantly less time in airplanes and rental cars and hotel rooms and so on. Take that time that you would normally spend um, on an airplane and use that to get prepared. Um, have your exhibits ready to go. Uh, it's easy to, it's much easier when you're sitting across the table from somebody with a, you know, a red rope or two full of uh, potential exhibits to kind of pull them out and, and just kind of see where the deposition goes. It's much more laborious in, um, in a, uh, a remote deposition where, um, 
it, it's much more difficult and it's and it's getting easier all the time. Court reporters are, are kind of streamlining the process, can share documents on the screen and so on. But it's still um, a little bit laborious to, to go through, um, you know, deposition exhibits, uh, particularly large documents that take a while to scroll through. You kind of lose the rhythm. Uh, the the flow of the deposition when you're doing that. So use that time you would otherwise spend in an airplane uh, and, and pinpoint your um, the exhibits you want to use. Um, the other thing, I, and, and I would just say this from a, uh, probably more of a um, an attorney taking depositions rather than um, as advice to witnesses, um, and, and, I, and I hesitate to this because it takes you down kind of that war path story. But, um, you know, early on when we first started doing um, remote depositions uh, on a regular basis, you know, a year or so ago, um, I took a deposition of, a, of an expert witness in a, 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 a non-cable um, cut uh, facility damage case, uh, uh, oddly enough. But I took this expert's deposition and he had given me his expert report the night before the deposition kind of just dropped it on me. Um, but he really wasn't prepared to talk about it. And I spent about 15 minutes getting him to say, I don't know about as many times as I possibly could about a specific term that was in his expert report. I mean, he's the expert, right? You're supposed to know. Um, and once he said, I don't know once, um, he's, you know, I just kind of stuck on that, got him to say, I don't know, a whole bunch of times. Left it alone after about 15 minutes. And he said, um, uh, later we took a break and he came back and he said, hey, um, uh, can you ask me that question again? And I said, mm, don't really want to, but sure. And he gave me this really um, articulate, um, awesome definition of this term that he had no idea what it was 15 minutes ago. And uh, and so I just happened to ask him, where'd you find that? And he said, such and such dot gov. As it turns out, he had been Googling answers to my deposition questions during his deposition. So I, I would just kind of as a, a practical tip, and I've started doing it, particularly if there's, you know, if there's any question, but, you know, like we are today, I can't tell where your hands are. I can't tell what's in front of you. And so I've asked witnesses um, since that time, you know, do you have any, you have a cell phone, smartphone, cell phone, do you have any, any papers, anything in front of you? And, and if they say yes, uh, and I, I hope they do say yes, if they're under oath and, and testifying and, and they have that stuff, but I ask them, you know, to agree not to, not to look at it and not to use it to, um, as part of their testimony, unless I, I ask them to do so. So. Not unlike a trivia contest in a bar. Right. Yeah, that, that, that's a sign of the times. So well, that's super interesting stuff and, and um, really helpful. Um, if you guys kind of had to boil this down, what would you say, um, you know, the main takeaway is you'd like people to understand in terms of depositions and being a witness? A deposition can make or break your case. If you make a good impression in a deposition, if you come across prepared, you show the other side that they're not going to be able to rattle you at a trial, they're going to think long and hard about how they want to pursue this case. 
again, always tell the truth, but uh, just remember that uh, the impression that you make in a deposition is gonna go a long way to how this case proceeds and whether it actually goes to trial. So be, really, be prepared. That's, uh, that's great stuff. Those are really good tips that people can take away and use. So, you know, I wanna thank you guys uh, for participating today for sure. Thank you for listening to the Excavation Safety Alliance podcast, an infrastructure resources initiative. Join the Alliance at excavationsafetyalliance.com, where you can find full video editions of this podcast, training videos, a vibrant community, and so much more.